Shavua Tov, everybody. Welcome to Parashat Toledot. The world is watching. Since October 7th, all eyes have been on Israel. Hundreds of thousands of Muslims have been killed in Syria and Yemen over the last few years. But for some reason, Israel earns the center stage of the world's attention. So many issues in life are not black and white. So many situations are morally ambiguous. But not this one. I think in most scenarios in life, it's important to be able to take the position of neutrality to view the merits of both sides of a conflict equally. But you know what's amazing to me? This situation is one of those rare examples where the line between good and evil, right and wrong, true and false, that line is brighter and clearer than ever before. And in this case, anyone with an ounce of moral clarity can see which side is impeccably good and which side is marred by a great evil. I have no doubt that if the Avot were alive today, they would be so proud of who Am Yisrael has become, the leader in innovative tech, in medicine, in agriculture. You name it, Israel is at the top. For so many years, I've grappled with the events of our parasha. The parasha is teeming with moral ambiguity and difficult decisions. Yaakov and Rivka see Esav for who he really is. How much ink was spilled in last week's parasha for Yitzhak to marry someone worthy of the covenantal family? And what does Esav do this week? He marries a couple of Canaanite women. Esav has absolutely no regard for the covenant at all. And to make matters worse, he is a man of indulgence. He's a man who lives for today only, stating, Behold, I'm going to die. What do I even need this birthright? Unfortunately, Yitzhak is blinded both physically and symbolically to the extent of the evil in which Esav is mired. But we know that even with all of this, Yitzhak knew all along that Isav was not fit to receive the covenant. How do I know this? Well, the berachah that Yaakov ends up taking from Esav has absolutely nothing to do with the covenant. Listen to the words, May God give you from the dew of the heavens and from the fat of the land these are physical blessings. Furthermore, before Yaakov even sets out for Haran at the end of the parasha, Yitzhak gives him Birkat Abraham, the Beracha that was intended for him from the very beginning. That is the covenant. So the question we're left with is as follows. What exactly were Yaakov and Rivka so afraid of? What was the importance of this blessing? that was meant for Isav, and why did they risk it all to stop this from happening? After all, Yaakov is going to receive the Berit either way. It would seem that this physical blessing was of undeniable importance. Yitzhak, in his love for his very materially oriented son, intended a physical, materially oriented blessing for that son Isav. And for his more spiritual son, he would of course endow the spiritual blessing of Abraham Avinu. 
But here's where Yaakov and Rivka diverged fundamentally from Yitzhak Avinu. Spiritual blessings are nice, but in order to ensure the security of the Berit, you need physical blessings. In order to ensure the spiritual potential of the state of Israel, we need nuclear weapons. We need Iron Dome, David's Sling, and the new Iron Beam laser defense system, Magen Or. Yitzhak loved Esav, so he wanted to give him something. But Yaakov and Rivka knew that nuclear weapons in the hands of an unworthy man could and would likely spell total disaster. And like Medinat Yisrael today, Yaakov needed to get his hands dirty. Yaakov is required to take on physical might to accomplish his bidit-oriented goals. So Yaakov dresses up like Esav. He wears his garb. He smells as he, as he smelled. And Yaakov executed a mission until his goal was complete. And you know something? It would seem that Yitzhak was not so naive after all. Yitzhak knew something was up, yet he decides to proceed with the blessing anyway. And to prove this, even after Esav came home and learned what happened, even after Yitzhak had a tremendous trembling, instead of rescinding the blessing, he emphasizes about Yaakov that he will surely be blessed. Gam Baruch Yihyeh. Yaakov, it seems, started out as a simple man. Ishtav, Ishtam, Yoshev, Ohalim. But in many ways, Yaakov earns his right to the physical blessing in Yitzhak's eyes by taking on Yedeh Esav, by taking on the physical characteristics and qualities of Esav. Once Yaakov was willing to be so daring, his father saw him in a new light. All along, Yaakov, I realize now, you were worthy of more than just the spiritual blessing. The physical blessing fits you as well. But still you may be thinking, as I am, what about all the ramifications of Yaakov's actions? We know that as a result of tricking his father, Yaakov was estranged from his father for 22 years, so too his son Yosef will be estranged from him for 22 years. Yaakov tricked his father with clothing of Gedaiah Izim, his sons likewise trick him with his sons Ketonet and the blood of Gedaiah Izim. Yaakov took what belonged to his older brother and so too Lavan tricks Yaakov and gives the older before the younger. So for years, I personally was convinced that this meant it must be Yaakov and Rivka had made a mistake. But now, especially with current events in Israel, I see the story in a very different light. Even the correct decisions, it seems, has unwanted consequences. Maybe Yitzhak knew what physical blessing entails, all the difficulties it brings about. And maybe he didn't want Yaakov to have to deal with all this. But once Yaakov showed his willingness to risk it all for the sake of the physical blessing, which would ensure the survival of the Berit, Yitzhak likely understood this is a path that Yaakov needed to take. And so it is with Medinat Yisrael. After two millennia in Galut, all we really want is to live in peace in the land of our forefathers. 
to be a light unto the nations, to be a mamlechet koanim vegoi kadosh, to be a holy nation of priests. We want to spread kol Yaakov the world over. We want to be the voice of Yaakov spreading Torah. But when you push us, when you murder 1,200 innocent people, when you question the very legitimacy of a sovereign nation, we have no choice but to use Yedeh Aisav, to flex the strong arm of justice that we are so blessed to possess. Only Hashem knows the consequences of these military operations, just like only Hashem knew the consequences of Yaakov's actions in this week's parasha. But that doesn't for one second detract from the necessity of the state of Israel having a swift and loyal execution of their military operations. And anybody who questions this should really educate themselves about military operations, especially when fighting radical jihadists. And I want to tell you something to end off. All this Devar Torah that I'm giving you was told over by two Talmidei Hachamim sitting in Gush Katif, sitting in the land that used to be the yeshiva that they learned in, in Gaza, that they pulled out of. And now they're saying, you know what? We want to be Kol Yaakov. That's who we want to be as Jews, spreading Torah. But sometimes we need to have Yedeh Aisav. Thank you very much and Shavuot Tov.